hour is late and the moon is leering. If you feel as though you're being watched, you're right. Dangerous Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria. Starring Bess Lawson as Gilly O'Hare. Megan Stressman as Rusty Rattlesnake. Philip Stressman as Florence Beauregard. And James Kettler as every other person, living or dead. Our camera fades up from black to reveal the Myers Brothers Studio logo. A big gold lady who looks like a statue holds a sword towards the sky as clouds and sunbeams rise behind her and trumpety music starts to play. The logo fades away to another black screen, revealing in beautiful cursive white font our title card. Quotation mark. Phantasmagoria. Quotation mark. The screen fades to black again, before a small circle of light appears in the center and expands out to fill the screen. It's black and white, but I'm going to describe it for you in color because that's more interesting. (laughs) 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 That adds a layer of meta to to this that is so wild. The meta is not now that the podca- as podcasters we're describing things that are a show in your brain it's we're watching a show and describing it to you <laughs> and adding details as we see fit it's perfect it's good uh, our camera attached to a crane or maybe some kind of old timey steampunk drone flies in over the skyline of Hollywood, California and begins to slowly pan down on a beautiful sun-drenched Hollywood movie lot. The studio lot is uh, lined with row after row of giant warehouses containing sets for God knows how many oncoming projects. It is a buzz with activity. There's all sorts of folks running around moving giant painted backdrops of a tropical island. Some dude with just like 20 rubber prop rifles in his arms hurrying into into the side door of a set. And our camera zooms down on uh, one of these buildings and we go inside to find a group of people idly standing by. It is the very first day of a new production. It is the first day of shooting for a perilous evening at Dread Night Manor, the new horror production from Meyer Brothers Studios. Uh, so who do we think, so like for all of you, it's basically your first day at work. You know that this is your first day that you're supposed to be on set. You're all working on this film in varying capacities. It's early in the day, like it's 7 a.m. Are y'all right on time? For no, hell no. <laughs> Rusty first cast is. meeting. Rusty is on time? Rusty is. Rusty takes their job very seriously. As our camera swoops into this warehouse, uh, we uh, pan from the ground up, starting with, I'm assuming, beautiful leather cowboy boots, and moving up to see... So, Rusty is, yes, a cowboy, but also a stuntman. You so, can be both. Yes, you can be both. But it's you... 1927. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> a cowboy can be both. A cowboy can be both. <laughs> but you got to make sure that you're comfortable and flexible, but looking good, you know? So Rusty is wearing some dark blue jeans, very fitted, but they got a little stretch to them, you know, like... I can't do it. I was going to kick up my leg right now, but Rusty could like do a kick in it. And then wearing a very typical like button down with like a nice little Southwestern pattern on it and like a little vest, a bolo tie, 
in a big brimmed hat and Rusty's mustache is waxed to perfection. Ooh. Well, got a beard too, but like mustache with its little, little whoop-de-whoop, you know, little oh. swivels. So uh, good yeah. mustache. Little yeah, a little whoop So when you say you have a beard too, like are you rocking like a, is no, it al- almost like a. No. Oh, a, sorry. Not not a beard, but just like face. What do you call Just scruff. 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 A little yeah. clock yeah. shadow. Yeah, mm-hmm. scruff. Very Lee Van Cleef vibes, if I may say. I don't know who that is. I showed you a probably. picture of him earlier today. Oh, the one, <laughs> that one. Um, and smoking a cigarette because people can smoke inside places, right? Yeah, it's 1927. Yeah. So this episode brought to you by Charlton Slims. <laughs> <laughs> Give your lungs that nice warm feeling with Charlton Slims. Recommended by eight out of twenty lung doctors. <laughs> but yeah, smoking a cigarette, probably like leaning up against um, the wall, checking his pocket watch because. There's some people who are late, and Rusty doesn't like that. Yeah, Rusty, you see just kind of a, a crew of actors uh, dressed in streetwear. Obviously, they're not in costume yet. Some crew members running around, a lot of folks with little clipboards. Uh, and you see kind of emerge from the crowd into an open area a short man wearing a beret, a red scarf, a white collared shirt and uh, those pants that like come out at the hips. <laughs> <laughs> those little balloon pants? And he has a big round black spectacles on and a thin pencil mustache. And he lifts a bullhorn to his mouth, like a paper bullhorn, you know, not an electric one. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, <laughs> Quiet on set! Quiet on set! Is everybody here? I'm looking around. Hmm. Hey, we're missing our two leads. What, are they both late? Where's Gilly O'Hare? I'm in my um, dressing room. (laughs) We cut to the interior of Gilly O'Hare's private trailer located just outside the uh, warehouse containing the set for A Perilous Evening at Dread Night Manor. Mm -hmm. Gilly, what are you doing? Gilly is redoing her hair that the hair and makeup team already did for her because it did not look very good. There's a knock on your trailer door. What's the big idea? And then Gilly's going to walk to the door and like slam it open. Ow! You hit in the face with the door because it opens outward. A uh, nervous looking um, young person with like a clipboard clung tightly to their chest and a pencil tucked behind their ear. And they're wearing uh, like suspenders and a little paperboy cap. Uh, And they say... uh, Oh, I'm so sorry, Miss O'Hare. Uh, 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 the, the director's called everybody to set for the first cast meeting. You think I don't know that? Why'd you get hit by the door? Move out of my way. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I won't get hit by the door next time. Don't you have something you could be doing right now? Well, I have a job to do. No, and then I, Gilly walks to set. Okay, <laughs> I'll, uh, yep, yep, uh-huh. Uh, and you arrive at set to see this crowd of people, to see this cowboy that you apparently already know standing there smoking a cigarette. Rusty tips his hat to Gilly. And you see a short little man with the pencil mustache with his hands on his hips, holding a bullhorn, and as you walk by, he raises the bullhorn and shouts in your face, Nice to see you, Miss O'Hare! Glad you could be here on time! Okay. <laughs> then Gilly walks away. Can we get this show on the, on the road? I've yes, been waiting yes, on you yes, all yes. for hours. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As you all know, my name is Landon Forsyth, and I will be the director on this picture. Gilly claps. The rest of the crowd follows your lead and claps along with you. Gilly stops clapping and looks at all of them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, I may not have the most experience of any Hollywood director. I've only directed about 320 serials <laughs> in my time. But I believe that I am the man who's going to lead this production to success. I've never filmed a horror movie before. I've never seen a horror movie before. They freak me out. But I believe that with your help, we are going to make an excellent picture for Maya's Brothers Studios. Rusty flicks his cigarette on the floor towards the director. That's, hmm. That's a fire hazard. And he stamps it out. There's oil all over this set. (laughs) Now, as some of you may know, we have a very important star joining us for this production. Gilly Bows. 
yes, Miss Gilly O'Hare, and also a different, even more important star joining us for this production. I didn't want to bring him in yet to cause commotion while we were all just standing around, but uh, Cliff! And uh, from another trailer just outside the studio, parked directly next to Gilly's, but slightly closer to the front door, out steps a man at least six feet tall in height, hair beautifully uh, greased with oil and slicked over in a perfect wavy part, thick eyebrows, a thick commanding mustache, and a beautifully tailored gray suit with a crisp white shirt, just the top button unbuttoned. And Landon says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in his major return to the silver screen, I present Mr. Cliff Brockton. Gilly does not clap. Uh, neither does Rusty. Uh, the rest of the crowd uh, claps and hoots and hollers enthusiastically. Uh, Gilly and Rusty, even if you're not clapping, you definitely know who Cliff Brockton For is. For sure. Um, and Cliff walks casually onto set, one hand in his pants pocket, and he says, uh, Hello. It's very nice to see you all. It's been a long time since I've been on a movie set, but... Uh, I figure it's a bit like riding a bicycle, and I'm excited to hop back on that seat. Uh, Everything you heard about me and those fish is false. <laughs> it's slander invented by reporters. <laughs> or a smooth voice. I'm sure uh, a lot of you know that my exit from the movie business was not an easy one, what with the tragic loss of my wife and that horrible, horrible accident on set. And he just kind of stares at the ground for like a solid 10 seconds in silence. Gilly raises her hand above her head and Is this gonna take all day? But I'm past that now (laughs) (laughs) But I'm past all that now I'm very excited to make my return With all of you by my side You're welcome Okay, good good talk everybody Um, I'm going to go Uh just relax in my trailer and prepare for my first scene in a little bit, but I'm very excited to get to work. Cliff exits the studio and retires to his trailer. And Landon Forsyth says, All right, everybody, we're going to start shooting in 30 minutes. Do your bathroom business, get a drink of water, get a drink of whiskey, do what you got to do to calm your nerves, because we're going to get this little engine running. And Gilly goes and walks and sits down. I think Rusty goes over and tips his hat over to Gilly and says, Good morning, Gilly. Hi. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Listen, you want to go grab a whiskey before we do all this business? You know, normally I wouldn't be seen with someone like you, but it's been a particularly long day, so let's go. (laughs) It's (laughs) 7.05. So you get it. (laughs) Um, you want to go back to your, uh, whatchamacallit, trailer? Yeah, I gotta fix this makeup. I look like a clown. (laughs) So we go back to Gilly's trailer, and I think Rusty pulls out a flask and then lights another cigarette. What you know about this Cliff character? All I know is that he thinks he's top shit, but if you ask me, it looks like every other man walking around these days. I agree. They put on a nice suit and they think they're all that. Yep, a bread and butter man. Mm -hmm. That's what we call them out west. Out east. Out, I mean, uh, (laughs) wherever I'm from. (laughs) Rusty doesn't tell a lot because Rusty has a troubled past. Rusty doesn't (laughs) want people to know exactly where he's from. And Gilly doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's why... Gilly does not care to ask. So that's why their friendship is perfect. What do you mean you don't want to be seen with a person like me? Oh, you know how judgy people can be these days. It's not me, it's them, I promise. Okay. All right, well, um, you want to head back to set and see if they're ready for us? <sighs> yeah. I guess I don't have much. I don't know what I'll be able to do today. I'm the stunt double on here. The only stunt double. Wait. <laughs> what? You're the only stunt double. I'm the only stunt, stunt double. You're doing mine too. I do. I'm doing everyone's. <laughs> it's crazy. 
They spent. They blew the whole budget on clips. Just Rusty dressed exactly as Rusty is normally dressed with a series of <laughs> bad wigs for yeah. each character on top of his cowboy they, hat. Yeah. <laughs> they blew the budget on Cliff, so I have to do all the stunts for every single character. Where'd you hear that? What are they paying him? They're paying him. Well, I heard fifty dollars. What? <laughs> and then Gilly storms out of the trailer and goes to find the director. <laughs> And snaps over her head. I think uh, as Gilly leaves the trailer, the camera kind of follows her out slowly, emphasizing uh, the decor in her trailer and emphasizing the cramped but still decadent nature that stars like Gilly are kept in on set. And as you walk out, our camera swings around and enters a side door of the uh, studio lot. And we go down, down an old, old flight of wooden stairs to a dark and dingy cobwebby basement area. Like they they ain't even got electricity down here yet. We got like gas lanterns on the wall and stuff. And we see a person with just bundles of costumes uh, in their arms, running around, sorting through them, uh, hanging some up on racks, tossing others in boxes, setting others aside. We see uh, a guy with just like a whole canister of film, like film ribbon flying behind him as he runs to get it to an editing bay. We are in the technical department of the uh, studio lot and we find uh, amidst the chaos of all these technical assistants running around, someone that our viewers would recognize as one Florence Beauregard. Hello. <laughs> when well, I was old Florence. Hello. Huh? <laughs> Hello. So we see a very short young woman with uh, very short hair which uh, appears to have been attempted to be like slicked down in that cool flappery way, <laughs> but is so wild and curly that it just like sprung back up of its own accord. Um, she is wearing humongous glasses that cover the majority of her majority of her small little face. Uh, and she is wearing a black A-line dress with gold embroidered floral patterns uh, all the way down the front. Uh, and a Big, long, chunky necklace. Of course. Of course. Wouldn't be complete without it. Mm -mm. How long has Flo been down here? Um, I don't know, 10 minutes? She's stealing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like tucking them in your bag. Well, the costume doing... department's down here, right? Yeah. I was asking Phil costume how Costume department, got editing bay. Yeah. Uh, lighting and sound, yeah. So as, as we find Flo down here in the technical department... She waited, I think, two minutes for someone to come tell her what to do before her little eyes gleamed onto the costume department, and she decided to go shopping. So up. I am using, Flo is using um, her shorter height to sort of conceal herself behind the racks of clothes <laughs> and um, just start picking some stuff out for herself, scarves, jewelry, uh, long gloves, you know, whatever she thinks she can get out of the studio. Can you roll to act under pressure? Yes. <laughs> That's going to be a six. Damn. Yikes. So, yeah, I think you are in the costume department just uh, taking clothes off the rack. And I think you are so completely, like, unaware of the the fact that what you're doing might not be okay, that you don't notice the head costume designer like just standing in the doorway behind you watching you. And she says, what are you doing? Huh? What are you, what are you doing? You're asking me? Yes. Are you, do you work, are, are you in the costume department? I haven't seen you before. Am Who I are in you? the costume department? I mean, you're physically in the <laughs> costume department. Like, are you working for the costume department? Why are you stuffing those clothes into your clothes? I'm sorry, don't you know who I am? No. Allow me to introduce myself. Okay. My name. And Flo, like, really leans into this and um, raises her arms up above her head. And you see her posture change, I think, before she got caught. She was sort of like stooped over, just sort of like kind of animalistically just like going through clothes. Uh -huh. But now that she knows she's being observed, we see her posture straighten up and she 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 takes on a, a sort of theatricality. And she says, I am 
phantasmagoric Florence Beauregard, and I am the film's head spiritualist advisor. And you ask me what I'm doing down here amongst these clothes? I'm... The ghosts told me to do it. Okay, listen, I know that, like, working a tech job for you wannabe actors is like, oh, it's just my day job till I get my big break or whatever, but, like, this is serious shit to me, okay? You can't just, like, come down here and start rifling through all of my clothes, so I'm gonna take all of these back, uh, and she takes all of the clothes that you've taken (laughs) just out of your hands with one big swipe. Okay, they're not gonna like that. Uh, and I'm going to tell the director to keep an eye on you now, because, uh... What the fuck? Stay out of my shit. What was your name again? My name is Mary Beth Summers. Mary Beth Summers. Mary okay. Beth Summers. That sounds like a host of a show. I'm the head costume designer on this film. I have been the head costume designer on a number of films for the last 20 years. Well, good for you. And I will ask you again to stay out of my shit. Terrific. Uh, language was not necessary. Message received. If these spirits who asked me to come down here and find these clothes are displeased with your actions, then, you know, I will uh, I will leave to them their own business. And at that moment, a man that Flo has not seen before, but that the audience knows as director Landon Forsyth, pops his head in the doorway of the costume department and says, Hello, ladies! Ah, Miss Beauregard, good to see ya! Landon Forsyth, director! Oh, nice to meet you, Landon. Nice to meet you, too. Listen, we're going to be shooting the first scene in about, and he takes out a pocket watch, 15 minutes up there, and we're starting with one of the big ghost scenes, so I'd really love to have you up there on set to consult. Flo nods, and she says, yeah, the big ghosts are some of the scariest. Oh, well, the ghost I don't think is that big. I think he's just regular person size. They just meant the scene's important. Okay, I can't wait. I'll be right up. Amazing. Mary Beth, how you doing? Where are those costumes? Uh, they're, yeah, they're here. Hey, listen, I don't know who this lady is, but I don't have time for that. And Landon leaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flo follows uh, Landon up the stairs. And um, real quick, before, like, as she's halfway up the stairs, she turns back to Mary Beth. And she says, uh, what was your last name again? Summers. Summers. Is it, your office is down here? or? Yeah. Yeah, right. this is the costume department. This is where I work. Okay, great. Nice to meet you. What? Okay. <laughs> and then Flo heads up the stairs. Spooky. Does the director hear me screaming now? Uh, he does. He ignores you and keeps walking towards his director's chair. Okay, well, I'm stomping towards him. Uh, he sits in his director's chair and crosses one leg over the other and puts a finger and thumb on his chin and then just starts making a box with his fingers and looking at his movie set as you approach. Excuse me! Miss O'Hare, what can I do you for? Mr. Director, you know I think the world of you. And then she forces a wink. Um, why am I not getting paid the same as Clark? The same as Cliff? Okay. Well... I don't know what you've heard about Cliff's salary, but I, I assure you it's it's comparable to what you're being paid. And then uh, Gilly leans in really close to his face to the point that their noses are touching, but she would never, and says, Well, I'll have you know that I will not be filming a single scene on this set. I will not be working for one minute, and neither will, and she looks around at every single person surrounding the set, any of them if I'm not getting paid the same as Clifton. Landon kind of eyes the rest of the cast and crew and then uh, leans in very closely to you and he says, Listen, Miss O'Hare, you're a very beloved star and we here at Maya Brothers Studios all really appreciate all of the work you've done for us. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think Mr. Rudolph Maya Brothers, who is going to be on set today, would much appreciate threats of his new picture being shut down. Flo's, Flo followed the director up here and has been standing like directly behind him the entire time this conversation has been going on. She raises a hand and she says, um, wait, is his name Maya Brothers? Yes. His last name is Maya Brothers? Yeah, his, yes, his last name is Maya Brothers. Rudolph Maya Brothers of Maya Brothers Studios. What's confusing not, about that? There's what? not two Mayas who are brothers. His name is Maya Brothers? No, he built this studio single-handedly from the ground up. Do people know this? She's looking at you, Gilly. She's like, does this common knowledge? I'm sorry, what does this have to do about me? 
Cliff is the star of this p picture, Miss O'Hare. If you value your career, I suggest you don't say another word on the matter. And Landon goes back to making a box at the set with his fingies. Yeah, Gilly starts walking to um, back to set wherever she's needed and flips her hair at him. All right, let's get this show on the road. And there is a flurry of movement as the, uh, the camera people, the lighting people, the sound people, the Foley guy just holding two coconuts up to a microphone just off camera. It's probably actually Foley at this uh -huh. point in time. Yeah, just actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the coconut for? Horse hooves, I don't oh, know. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, as we set up to film our first scene, Gilly, I assume true professional that you are, you approach your mark on the set. Landon says, uh, all right, we're starting with the first big appearance of the ghost. Ooh, spooky scary. I'm going to try not to piss my pants if you try not to piss all yours. Cliff! And uh, out of his trailer, once again, slinks Cliff Brockton. And he finds his mark in front of the cameras near you, Gilly. And he says, uh, well, Miss O'Hare, let's get this show on the road. Yeah, let's get it over with. That's the spirit. And uh, Landon says, all right, Gilly, your husband has just brought you to a secluded castle in the English countryside for your honeymoon. It's disgusting. Yes, you do <laughs> think that. Also, you've been kept up all night by strange noises, but your husband just thinks you're hysterical. And now your suspicions are finally being confirmed. All right, camera's rolling. And action! Now, Helena, I've told you time and time again there's no need to worry about any of the spooky noises you've been hearing in the castle. Oh, what's your character's name again? Uh, uh, Montgomery. <laughs> oh, Montgomery, you know I trust you, and I know you would never do anything to put my life in danger. That's right, dear, that's right. And Cliff puts both of his arms around you. You're always safe when you're with me. You're too close to me. Cue <laughs> thunder! And some guy just off camera starts shaking a big piece of steel back and forth like a pe to make thunder effects. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. I was standing so close to you when you did that. <laughs> oh, the thunderstorm really showed up. Cue rain! And uh, some dude holding a hose with a spray attachment just starts spraying the window of the set just behind you and Cliff. And cue ghost! And there's silence on the set. Nothing happens. Excuse me! I believe I said cue! And before Landon can get out another word, there is the sound of a rope snapping followed by what sounds like rope falling from a pulley as a crude white ghost with black eyes and a mouth strapped to a rigging system with several sandbags falls directly onto the head of Cliff Brockton. And he collapses to the ground. I think we need to take five. Cut, 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 cut. Everybody cut. I think Rusty runs over just to check. You know, he's he's a manly man. He's just kind of checking on, on this cliff guy. But he runs over and is like, is he breathing? Landon is knelt down beside Cliff, who, uh, Rusty, I think you can see, apparently you can just see like a little trickle of blood coming out of Cliff's ear. Ooh. And uh, Landon says, uh, clear the set. Everybody clear the set now. All right. You want me to leave? Yes, everybody. Rusty, I need you to get everybody out of here. All now. right. You heard Landon. Let's wrap it up and go outside. Take a smoke break. Let's go. Uh, the crowd listening to Rusty as one of their most senior and respected members slowly starts to disperse out the large front doors of the warehouse containing the set. And Rusty and Gilly and Flo... As all of you are leaving, you see a figure walking the opposite direction of the crowd, kind of just like circumventing them, just entering just on the outside of the crowd. You see a man, tall, very broad, with a shaved head, 
and the unlit stump of a cigar in his mouth, dressed to the nines in a pinstripe suit. Flo, this man is completely unfamiliar to you, uh, but Gilly and Rusty, you would recognize him as Rudolph Meyer Brothers, the head of Meyer Brothers Studios. Hey, Rudolph! And Rusty, Ru- that's the name, right? Uh-huh. Rudolph? his <laughs> <laughs> name is It's Rudolph. funny for the a random stunt guy to just start like Talking being super familiar with the head of the studios. I know who he is. Uh, so Rusty's gonna run over and let him know what's going on. As you run up, he does not say a word to you, but he does stop and just kind of gives you a steely-eyed gaze up and down. Well, I just wanted to let you know what was going on before you went in there. Cliff is on the floor and bleeding out of his ears, but uh, don't worry about it, boss. I, I got I got these people out here. Uh, I'll keep them under control, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll see you around, okay? Rudolph takes the stump of his cigarette out of his mouth, and he looks at you, and he says, uh, listen to me. You don't know what you saw in there, all right? Uh, you don't know what you saw in there. Rusty gets a little closer to Rudolph's face and goes, are you threatening me? He puts the cigarette back in his mouth and does a heel turn and walks in the direction of Cliff and Langdon. Damn. And Rusty, you don't know if it was Rudolph or a gust of wind or what, but as soon as you exit the warehouse to the studio, the door swings shut behind you and you can hear the lock click. Shit. Rusty's gonna like head back to to the crowd to probably tell Gilly. Rusty just like talks at Gilly because Gilly doesn't really care. But when Rusty's walking back, uh, he sees Flo and has never seen Flo before. And so Flo catches Rusty's eyes, and there's just little hearts floating all over his head. Flo is, uh, for the record, uh, when Rusty finds her, um, she's in front of Cliff's trailer checking the door to see if it's unlocked. It is locked. Uh, hey, hey, ma'am. Oh, hey there, cowboy. Oh, this isn't my trailer. Oh, (laughs) it isn't? I I get so turned around to you, you know, it's... There's just a giant, like, on the door to this trailer, there is a giant paper gold star that says in huge black letters, Cliff Brockton. (laughs) (laughs) Rusty uh, takes out a cigarette and motions if if Flo wants one. Oh, are these Charlton Slims? (laughs) Sponsor. Yep, they they sure are. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Flo and Rusty look directly to camera. (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wink. Uh, Flo puts... Can I say that Flo puts a cigarette in her mouth and Rusty lights yeah. her cigarette oh. for her? Wow. You are like a... You like a you like a real deal, huh? You like a like a kind of a cliche cowboy situation with like the chivalry and all this stuff, leading all these people out here. Like, yeah, that's what everyone you says. You got boots on? Mm-hmm, I sure do. What, 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 what's your name? My name? Yeah, your name. Flo, uh, again, straightens her spine. And lifts her hands up beside her head, and she says, um, I am Phantasmagoric Florence Beauregard. Wow. May I? And he, like, puts out his hand and, like, wants Flo's hand in his hand because he wants to kiss it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then Rusty. Flo goes with it and just, like, <laughs> just smokes the cigarette while this is happening. I, I, I just, I'm not usually this forward. But I feel compelled to tell you that you are the most beautiful person that I have ever seen. Wow. That is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Well No, you're 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 hot too, Mr. Cowboy Man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, are you new around here? 
around the set of the movie that just started filming? Or are you like new to the business? I am. Yeah. I. Uh, how could you tell? Ah, you seem kind of lost. I mean, you were trying to go into Cliff's trailer. I am. That was an accident. Oh, okay. yeah. I am lost. I, I, listen, I don't care, but. You should meet my friend Gilly. You know, she's uh she's the other star on the show and she's uh pretty cool, you know. We like we hang out sometimes and uh teach her how to fight and it's cool, you know, but uh <laughs> since you're new you should you should you should meet her. I would love Gilly, Gilly O'Hare, like Gilly? the star of the movie. Gilly yeah. O'Hare, I would love to meet her. Yeah. yeah. She usually doesn't like to mingle with me in front of other people, but I like I get that. What? Nothing. Why Go is on. everyone saying that today? I'm an attractive person. You're a, yeah, you're a very good looking cowboy man. I have a man. lot to offer. I don't know why everyone says that they're ashamed to be around it's me. It's classism. Ugh, yeah. You've heard of Emma Goldman? I'm going to give you some stuff to read. So I think uh, Rusty Motions flow to, to follow him and make their way over to Gilly. Gilly, where are you at? Oh, Gilly walked to her trailer and is laying down taking a nap. Oh, so Rusty just... Very comfortable with Gilly, just kind of like doesn't even knock, just kind of walks on in. Gilly, uh, I think this scares the shit out of Gilly because she was asleep, so she <laughs> she hops up and all of a sudden has brass, brass knuckles on her right hand. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! It's just me and my new friend. Hello. What are you doing in my trailer? Listen, I'm. You can't scare someone like that. You didn't see these. And she puts them back into her <laughs> robe pocket. Everyone's been telling me I haven't seen things today, too. I don't know what's going on. I don't know that they mean it literally. I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> oh, hello. I am Phantasmagoric Florence Beauregard. Gilly, may I ask you a question? Another one? Have you recently lost someone close to you? What are you talking about? I'm sorry. I didn't properly introduce myself. I am a spiritual medium. What? I was born with a rare gift that allowed me, and only me, to communicate with the spirits of the dead. Wow. As though they were living voices. That's what you're doing here, right? Well, on set, here I'm merely a consultant to try and give a sense of naturalism to this silly horror film with, because of my knowledge of the afterlife. But I'm sorry, Gilead, just the moment I, I, I walked into your presence, I could sense an aura of spiritual loss. Gilly, have you lost somebody? Rusty, you can't bring people into my trailer without asking. I'm sorry. I need both of you out. Okay. I understand. Before I leave, can I ask you one more question? I think you're going to anyway. Does the letter the letter G mean anything to you? It stands for go. <laughs> <laughs> now get out. All right. Message received. Rusty, let's get out of here. Um... As y'all swing the door to Gilly's trailer open, an old-timey ambulance, like the one that the Ghostbusters drive, but like not old and rusty, like brand new, mm -hmm. uh, pulls up sirens wailing and kind of pulls into the alley between uh, the warehouse where containing your studio and the warehouse next door. Um, and as you see it pull in, you see director Landon Forsyth slip out the main entrance to the warehouse, bullhorn in hand as he addresses the cast and crew. All right, everybody, all right, all right, listen up. I know that was a uh, particularly inauspicious start to this production, but I don't want anybody here taking it as any kind of bad omen. All right, I'm sure this production's gonna go off without a hitch after this. Blow's gonna go saddle up and stand next to him while he's talking. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna keep talking. Um, she closes her eyes and starts not nodding solemnly. Uh, obviously, Cliff took a bit of a bonk on the head. He's gonna be just fine but he needs a minute to rest. And as Landon says that, you see the two ambulance drivers wheeling out a stretcher from inside the warehouse. Uh, and you see what is presumably a, a person completely concealed by a sheet, save for one arm that falls conspicuously limp out of the sheet next to the stretcher as they load him into the ambulance. 
nothing to worry about, Cliff. He'll be raring and ready to go tomorrow for the next day's shoot, but uh, we're going to send everybody home early today. No Aww. worries, you will get your full pay, unless you are non-union, in which case you will not be paid at all. <laughs> and you say I'm the dramatic one. I'll be billing you for the pay that you owe me. Uh, Landon, like, glances at you, but just kind of brushes off that c- uh, comment and says, uh, Thank you, everybody, for showing up today. Take the rest of the evening off, and we'll see you bright and early in the morning. Blow takes the bullhorn from him as soon as he's done speaking and puts it to her mouth. He's still holding on to it, but, like, not offering any resistance because he's just confused. <laughs> so he's still holding it as I hold it up uh-huh, to my mouth. Yeah. She says, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Hi. Uh, everybody, sorry, before you leave, real quick, uh, I, I, um, you, I, uh, you probably all don't know me yet. Uh, I am, I am new to, to, to your, to, uh, a world of, <clears throat> film and, uh, you got this flow. Thank you, Rusty. Eep. I am Phantasmagoric, Lawrence Beauregard. I have been hired on this film as a spiritual advisor. I am a spiritual medium, and I can communicate with the dead. I would like to put all of your minds at ease. I have detected no cosmic ill will or malign spirits at play here. There are no curses that my senses are able to ascertain, which means there are no curses in place at all. It was just an accident. So fret not and listen to your brilliant director. I want to turn and whisper to the director. Okay. And I want to say, um, you see that? See how easy that was? You don't fucking pay me for today. I can flip that switch like it's nothing. Flo, don't worry. I like your spirit. We'll make sure you get paid for today. I'm that sorry, doesn't go for anybody paid. else who's non-union. You're union. Don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> uh, and Flo says, terrific. I think I'm going to enjoy walking with you. And gives him a little wink. Landon just takes out a wad of money and just hands Flo a crisp $1 <laughs> bill. Wait a minute. What about me? He hands you a $1 bill. Thank you, Chief. <laughs> Wow, one whole dollar. Yeah. He actually hands out a dollar bill to every single member of the crowd, except for the intern in the paperboy outfit. (laughs) Sorry, Mikey, you got to put in a full day before you get paid. (laughs) Mikey says, uh, uh, oh, rats. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks anyway, Mr. Forsyth. I appreciate the opportunity. And scurries off. (laughs) Well, we got a whole day. Are you doing anything? Uh, well, I got to work early. I got a dial in my hand. Yeah. I got a handsome new cowboy friend. Oh, handsome. Rusty, tell me if I'm wrong here. This is, and Flo closes her eyes. She says, um, I'm, I'm just sensing something from your aura. I feel like you might know where there's a good honky-tonk bar around here. Don't I ever. Yeah, there's a place Gilly and I go to. Um, Gilly, you want to go grab a drink? Gilly's looking a little off to the right and up. Gilly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about before. Gilly walks over. It's fine. Drink? Yeah, let's go. Just don't talk to me too much when other people can hear you. Fine. She's always saying that, but she doesn't mean it. Yeah, I can tell you got like a little rapport going. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to the most famous speakeasy in Hollywood, California. Called? The Trough. The Trough. So it's actually like the real barbershop. Okay. Uh, so Rusty likes to drive this one stunt car that they've worked on other set on other movies with. It's a 1925 Stutz Series 695 car. And I parked it on the street and we headed into the barbershop. There's a lot of horses tied up in front of this barbershop. Is that yeah. normal? Yeah, welcome to Cowboy Town. This is uh, where I live. So and watch where you step. Rusty pulls up in <laughs> his car and parks it next to just a line of horses. <laughs> yeah. It's actually quite embarrassing that I brought the car here. 
Oh, is that frowned upon in cowboy town? A little bit. Some cowboy on the other side of the street just goes, Ooh-wee, look at this big city boy driving his fancy car. Shut up, Daniel. What's the matter, Rusty? <laughs> I need to see an argument between you and Daniel that I feel like has happened in the past. What's the matter, Rusty? You forget how to ride your horse? <laughs> I am this close to calling your mom. And letting her know where you are. Oh, shoot, Rusty. Yeah. You don't gotta bring my mama into it. And you see his mustache, his massive, like, <laughs> off-his-face mustache physically droop as he kind of skulks off. <laughs> just just remember that, Daniel. Well, I'm sorry, Rusty. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it is frowned upon. But, yeah, this is Cowboy Town, and this is Gilly and I's spot that we come to. We train in the parking lot a few times a week. With all the horses? Yeah. I fight horses. <laughs> well, we don't fight the horses. We just, we train, we throw bows, you know. One of the horses, like, had some boxing gloves on, and he just <laughs> takes them off and, like, kicks them underneath the porch of this building. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Gilly, you're training to be a fighter? Is this for, like, a role? Yeah, it's, it's a role. That's all. A role of a lifetime. Okay, sorry. What am I? I it's sorry. Is this is a barber shop? So it's like a yeah, yeah, like yeah. A let, speakeasy let, situation. Yeah, let's grab a drink and we can talk some more. Okay. Our camera follows behind Rusty and Flo as they enter the barber shop, where five cowboys cranked all the way back in their barber's chairs are getting their head hairs and their beard hairs cut by five other cowboys. And yeah, all of the barbers simultaneously tip their hats at Rusty as uh, y'all walk in. Uh, so there's a door in the back of the barber shop, and what we do when we get there, there's like a little peephole so that they can see in there. But there's a knock that we do. Yeah, so y'all enter the trough to find basically like a, a, a Hollywood-style Old West saloon. Down Ooh, do we push in through, uh, yeah, through swinging doors? doors? Once you get in, yeah. once you hear the door, like the secret door of the barbershop shut and lock again behind you, yeah, you get to push through those cool, like, window-shuttered swinging doors. There's a guy playing honky-tonk on the piano. There's some ladies in big ol' hoop skirts and, and feathers in their done-up hair. There's a dude behind the bar wearing a red vest and a pinstripe shirt with those weird, like, elastic bands on his, bicep, on his biceps, just polishing one glass all of the time. Yeah, it's a perfect recreation of an Old West saloon as seen in a Hollywood film, right down to the fact that it is sparkling clean and not dirty at all. <laughs> I love that. Barky, can I have a whiskey? Ladies, y'all want a whiskey? What you want? I'll take a whiskey water. Is It seems like whiskey's the drink of the... Whiskey is the drink. The drink in order, yeah. I'll have uh, one whiskey. I wish I had a big coin to slap down on top of the bar and I would say, give me the bottle. But I don't have that. Y'all vote three whiskeys coming up. What oh. are you? That's uh, who are you? Oh, hello. My name is Hans. It's oh. Hans. It's Hans. It's Hans. Hello, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, the I'm the bartender at the trough. Okay. I, no, I, I, it's lovely to meet you, Hans. Your your, na your voice was just incongruent with what I expected, given the setting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I've I've been I've been working on my cowboy voice. Would you like to hear me? Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I would, Hans. I would love to. Okay, oh, here, here, here you we said go. You no, Gilly. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Best. It's two out of three. Um, <clears throat> Yeehaw! Hello, I am the cowboy. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, oh, get the horses. We've got to go. Hans, that's really good. Oh, thank you so much. I practice every night after work. All right, ladies, let's go sit down over here and have a chat. Yeah, you, you never chat? saw Hans stop <laughs> polishing his glass, but the three shots did manifest in front of you at some point. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think Rusty grabs the three whiskeys for everyone because Rusty is a gentleman. So um, he grabs her whiskeys and walks straight to a, a round table in the corner where they have a little bit of privacy. All right, here's your whiskeys. Thank you. Um, 
cheers to the first day on set. Yeah, cheers to uh, Cliff Brockton rest in pieces, Ooh. I guess. I mean, that was a good one. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Listen, but I, 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 I want to keep talking, but we, well, cheers we're in the middle of the cheers, cheers, so cheers, let's cheers, drink cheers. and then I have more to say. Yeehaw! Yeah, Flo's actually going to, um, Flo's starting to get a sense of like what Rusty's kind of vibe is and like uh-huh. who he maybe thinks she is. So Flo's really going to play it up actually and really hack it out and be like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Flo is. Oh my God, that hurts. Are you okay? Oh, it burns so uh, hard. I'm so sorry. It's like sorry. a man's drink you gave me. I mean, yeah. Uh, welcome I'm to sorry, the trough. I'm just not used to that. You it's know? okay. You want another one? Yes. Okay. Gilly's already got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Gilly. <laughs> yep. This is what this is what Miss O'Hare and I do. We come here and we shoot whiskey, and we um, well, recently we've been talking about something pretty serious that probably shouldn't be sharing with you, but I already had I don't know a half a thing of whiskey and a flask. How much is a thing? Like, you know, like this big. And Gilly like, holds oh, up her hands and it's vastly different yeah. than what <laughs> Rusty did. <Yeah>. Flow nods. <laughs> well, something happened to Gilly and I when we were... Well, do you even want to hear about this? You, I mean... Yes, very much. Okay. I don't know. I don't have the slightest inkling of what it is. But the fact that you two are friends is interesting in and of itself. Wow. I would love to know more. Well, all right, listen, Florence, we're about to tell you something... And if you tell anybody without our consent, we're going to have to part ways, if you know what I mean. And then Rusty, like, shows Flo his uh, a submachine gun. You got a Tommy gun. Yeah. And Gilly Wait, you just have it on you? <laughs> I have a long jacket on now. Uh. And so I, I just, like, if you tell anybody without our consent, and then, like, pulls back the jacket. And Gilly pulls out her hand that has the knuckles back on. Yeah. Whoa, okay, I can tell you two are very tough customers. We are, we seem like a little bit soft, but we're not. Yeah, you never seem soft. soft to me. <laughs> you both seemed very rough around the edges. But listen, we're going to share this with you because you got a little experience with the other side. Gilly and I, we were, we was like, Fighting, I was teaching Gilly how to like throw some bows in the parking lot a couple weeks ago, and we got ambushed. And I didn't know who was ambushing us, but Gilly—that's how ambushes frequently work. Yeah, but Gilly knew they were vampires. They were vampires. Oh. Have you ever dealt with a vampire before? Have I ever dealt with a vampire? Yeah. Flo um, takes a deep breath and centers herself, and her spine straightens a bit. She tapes, takes a, a sip of her second whiskey, and she says, um, As you know, and she looks significantly at Gilly and Rusty, I am a spiritual medium, a career that I did not choose for myself. The universe saw fit to bring me into the world with these gifts. I don't seek these things out, but I have encountered spirits before who in their life had degraded themselves to feed on the blood of others. But I've never never encountered a living vampire, just the cursed remnants that they leave in their passing. Hmm. All right. Well, Gilly and I just... Should be uh, clear for the audience, Flo is uh, lying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Well, Miss O'Hare and I were... We're just trying to figure out how to combat these vampires. So wait, you were you were jumped by vampires? We were. I don't know why us. Um, I mean, we were just outside this bar. How did you both live? Gilly saved us. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know. You said you talked to dead ones. How did they die? I never asked. The moment their presence makes itself known to me, I... I I shut down my spiritual spiritual connections for fear that they might possess my body and, and turn me into one of them. Mm. How how have the ones that you've seen died? Rusty, I don't know if I want to talk about this anymore, okay? All right, that's fine, Miss I'm going to go get another round of shots. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. Listen, I mean, I think I brought it up a little too early. Maybe it was like 
too soon, but we'll talk about this when we're not with Gilly. But for now, let's just have a good time and uh, celebrate you being in Cowboy Town. Rusty Rattlesnake, this one's to you. And Flo drains the rest of the horrible whiskey. Oh, look at you go! I got the next <laughs> round, and this one's to me. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to you, Gilly O'Hare. Um, I want to say that that second whiskey that Flo drained, she faked it and threw it behind herself. It hits the cowboy at the table behind you, uh, and he says, uh, well, God darn it, I told you it rains on me on the inside sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> at that moment... <laughs> So many people I need to get to know. (laughs) Cowboys talk in such like they've they've lived. Yeah, they've lived full lives. (laughs) At that moment, your attention is caught by the sound of the swinging doors to the bar swinging open once again. It is one Mary Beth Summers, head of the costume department for Meyer Brothers Studios. She walks in, does not acknowledge Flo, Rusty, or Gilly, appearing very distraught, and heads straight to the bar. And she says, Hans, give me a whiskey and make it a double. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, Mary Beth, coming right up. As, she, as soon as Flo, so Flo clocks her walking in mm-hmm. and sitting in the bar, Flo clocks her and then gives a sidelong glance to Rusty and Gilly before like kind of covering her face with her hand and saying like, oh shit, she's here. Who's here? Ah, she's Mary Beth Summers. She's the head of the costume department, I guess, from our movie. From our movie? She's got terrible taste. You glance at Mary Beth at the bar. She's paying no attention to you whatsoever. And in fact, she has her glass of whiskey in one hand and her other hand is uh, holding her head up and in her hair. uh, And it looks like she might be crying to herself a little bit. Florence. She's crying over there. Yeah, I don't know. I just know what happened on set earlier today. Well, are you going to go over and say anything? No, I told you. She threatened me. Oh. I All I did was try and get a spiritual sense off of some of the costuming for the movie to try and protect the actors from b- befalling such things as actually befell Cliff. But she said, if I see you on this set again, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Wait. What? It scared me. It scared me to my soul. No one's ever talked to me like that before. She said that to you. She said, "I run the show around here, and I'll crush you like a bug." <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I just thought you should know because you're such an honorable cowboy. Oh. <laughs> Gilly's just been watching with her eyes squinted. Yeah. <laughs> Gilly knows. All right, Gilly, Flo, y'all stay here. I gotta. I gotta go. No one can talk to anybody like that. I gotta go. And uh, Rusty grabs his almost done whiskey and saunters over to the bar. Uh, to Mary Beth. Mary Beth does not pay any attention to you as you approach. She is her her face is red, and uh, you can tell she's holding back the sound of her crying as tears stream down her face. <coughs> Rusty's right at the bar next to her. She looks over at you and just kind of. Sniffs and wipes her eyes and turns a little bit away from you and sips her whiskey. Rusty lights a cigarette and then does the same move that he does with everyone and just holds the cigarettes out in front of Mary Beth. A smoke? Okay, thanks. She takes the cigarette. Uh, Rusty lights it for her. Listen, my name is Rusty. I work on the set with you. Oh, yeah, you're the you're the stunt cowboy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we worked on um uh, oh, look at those dervishes whirl together. We we did. What a crazy one. Yeah, what a crazy one. Um, listen, are you okay? No, it's um, no. It it's been a it's been a long day. Uh, any word from Cliff? Huh? Oh, I don't know. He went to the hospital, I guess. Oh, so you're not upset about that? No, no. I'm not. Do you, do you want to talk? I don't know. Something really wrong happened, and I... She takes a big, long drag of the cigarette, and she says, Today was the day 
It was the anniversary of my mother's death. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Can Flo hear, can Flo hear all of this from where she's sitting? Uh, I think you can, like, you can kind of get, like, every other word if you're, like, listening really intently. You know what I mean? Flo is going to, uh, whatever she has to do to get herself close enough to hear all of the <laughs> words, she's doing it. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to say she doesn't notice you because uh, she's distraught and focused on this conversation with Rusty. But she says, uh, yeah, no, she was, she was 65. Like, she lived a full life. It happened years ago. That's not... It's fine. I just, we got the day off early and I just thought it would be nice to go to the cemetery and go see her. But I got there and. What? She wasn't there. Uh, what? Someone dug up her grave. Ew. Yeah. It was just a hole in the ground with an open coffin and and my mom wasn't in it. Someone literally like robbed her her body? Yes. Why would someone do that? I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. That's sick. Is that why you were so mean to my beautiful friend over here, Florence Beauregard? Oh my God. Someone stole my mother's corpse. I so (laughs) don't care. She takes a, uh, Mary Beth takes a big silver coin out of her pocket and slaps it on the bar and says, Hans, thanks for the drink. I think I'm going to go somewhere a little more quiet. She storms out. Yeah, Flo is going to, uh, as soon as Mary Beth leaves the bar, Flo is going to start following at a distance. Mary Beth leaves the bar uh, and turns to head out of Cowboy Town into the uh, more uh, modern for this era and a century old for the listener's era part of Hollywood. Uh, and you follow Mary Beth as she uh, heads to a tall brick apartment building and unlocks the front door and heads inside. And a few minutes after you, or a few seconds after you hear the door shut, you see a light pop on on the second story. You hear uh, jazz music coming out of an old phonograph player coming through the window. And you hear the sounds of Mary Beth Summers sobbing loudly into her bedroom pillow. Okay. Flo is going to make a note of the building and which apartment Mary Beth Summers lives in and then head back to meet up with Rusty. Okay. (laughs) We cut to the next morning. We return to the Meyer Brothers studio lot. The cast and crew of A Perilous Evening at Dreadnight Manor has gathered in the warehouse containing the set. Milling about, though their call was at 7 a.m., it is now 7.05, and no one of any authority has yet to address the cast and crew concerning yesterday's events. When all three of you see Landon Forsyth and his bullhorn enter the warehouse. Landon approaches the crowd, and he puts the bullhorn to his mouth, and he says, All right, everybody listen up. I know that yesterday was a dark beginning to what should have been a wonderful and easy production. I know we're all very concerned about what happened yesterday. And he takes off his beret and holds it to his chest. Well, goes up to stand next to him <laughs> uh, and takes his, his uh, non-berate hand and closes her eyes. Uh, he, d- he like, does that thing where he ki- he grips your hand and kind of holds it up and, like, <laughs> pumps it in the air like, hmm, yes. Solidarity. And he says, uh, it is my regret to inform you that our star, Cliff Brockton, is running just a few minutes late. Oh. But he should be here any minute, and we'll be able to get started on today's shoot. And at that moment, the front door to the warehouse opens, and you see, uh, cast in silhouette by the golden sunbeams, entering the door behind him, the figure of Cliff Brockton, without a scratch or sign of injury, and says, Hello, gang. 
Sorry if I gave anybody a scare. Dangerous Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria was edited by James Kettler and produced by Philip Stressman with additional sounds provided by Zapsplat.com. Monster of the Week Tabletop RPG was written and created by Michael Sands. Join us again next week for more Phantasmagoria. And until then, be chill and stay dangerous. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.